We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is your regular Saturday crew. I am Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin and, of course, the Pack-A-Day podcast and the Pulse of the Pack podcast and the Quick Slants podcast, along with my usual crew, Mark Eckel and Paul Brettel. Mark, the storm did not take you away over there. You are still standing, and, and apparently it wasn't that big of a deal. No, I mean, yeah. It's, you know what, what's crazy is Monday night um, – a tropical storm um, or I don't know if it became a hurricane or not was supposed to hit here and apparently I never watch like those news stick weather channels and stuff because I just don't um, but like all my friends from back in Philly and, and New Jersey and stuff are are texting me like nonstop. My like my phone's blowing up like hey, are are you okay what's going on with the storm I'm watching TV and it looks like and they're saying it's right over Myrtle Beach and blah blah and I'm like I think we're okay. It's like, it's raining hard, but it's, you know, like they didn't evacuate us or anything and everything seems to be fine, but, but thanks, you know, and thanks for your care. Right. And then the next day, all those guys that texted me got hit way worse <laughs> up in Philly and Jersey. Some of them still don't have power. Oh yeah. And we never, like it was, it didn't really, it rained hard. I mean, it rained really hard. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it rained hard. And, and what's kind of cool. And I don't want to turn this into a weather show, but, um, it is kind of cool. I, I live on the beach, 
So looking out, like there was no beach, like the ocean actually came up to the dunes. So you watch, like you could watch the bit, the, the beach just kind of disappear, which is kind of a cool and strange occurrence. Yes. Yeah. You know, it is kind of, as, as long as it doesn't get too dangerous, it is kind of cool to watch. Right. All right. So you're, so you're doing good over there and but, say but what you will. Fine. Everything's fine. It, it was a nice day, you know. Yesterday was gorgeous. Today we did get some rain, but it wasn't like it was just regular little little bit of rain. Normal summer stuff. We'll say what you exactly. will about the Wisconsin weather and the, the winters, but there are no hurricane conditions <laughs> in the great state of Wisconsin. Paul Brennan. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Um, I can't remember what day it was. I think it was Monday or so. It was football weather. Open the door, six a.m. is in the fifties. Oh, got got excited wow. for Packers football. There you go. There you go, and uh, I know we usually talk about it at the end of the show, but Paul, you had a cool video spot on Cheesehead TV where you do some work, and I think that that was that was done today, right? Or, or I should say Thursday. We're recording on Thursday, right? Yeah, it was on Thursday. Eggler uh, asked me to join, and it was really fun. We just kind of rapid fire through a few questions, and. Like I said, I had a lot of fun doing it. Awesome. Well, check Paul out over there. And obviously, when Nagler asks, you got to say yes. So that's what you did. So today's topic, another fun one for us. We are going to talk about, now the training camp has started for the Packers, who each of us predict as a surprise uh, player that will surprisingly stay on the roster and then one that will be more of a surprise cut as well. So, Mark, we will start with you and take it away. All right, um, I, I had a couple um, when we talked that when we talked about this doing this this afternoon. I I kind of looked some things up and I really wanted to pick an offensive lineman, like a name offensive lineman, because um, I still want them to sign a veteran offensive lineman. Because you, as anybody that, that listens to us, knows I'm still terrified of the, of the, of the right tackle spot on his team. So. I'm thinking maybe, but uh, money-wise, I don't know what I don't. So anyway, I started thinking some more and thinking some more, and then I saw a story that um, where Matt Lafleur was very, very complimentary of the new fullback, H-back, tight end, former college quarterback John Lovett, who they picked up last week um, off waivers from Kansas City, and I'm thinking, wow, does this guy have a shot to make the team? Maybe he does if they like him that that much. Hey, well, Mark, he, uh, maybe not so much Paul, but Mark, at first, when you hear his name, doesn't it kind of make you think a little bit? It's a different last name, but of the comedian that was on Saturday Night oh, Live absolutely. in the 80s. <laughs> yes. yes. I, every time I hear it, I think of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then other people think of the kid from Baylor. So the, so the poor kid from Princeton, I mean, nobody ever thinks of him when they hear the name. But yeah. um, anyway, so I'm thinking of him, right? So. He, I, if he does make it, and this guy could get cut anyway, and I had him, and everyone told me I'm wrong, and I'm, and maybe I am, but Robert Tanya, I, I don't think has his team made as a, I don't think he's far from a lock. Um, you know, he's been he's been banged up throughout his career. Um, I think that as, as we've as we've said a million times on 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 Pack a Day, the Packers are going to run the ball more than they have in the past. They, they, I mean, their their drafts told you that. Uh, the things they've done this offseason, they they want to be more balanced. They they want to run, play action, all that kind of stuff, right? Well, Tanya's not a good blocking tight end by any means. Um, they they have you know they have Sternberger, 
they have the big dog. They have the kid they drafted in the in the third round. Now they have a love it. I mean, if if now again, love it has to go to camp and and show that he's worthy of this of this. Um, and if Tanya has a great camp, then obviously they 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 can't cut him either. But all things being equal, I think Robert Tanya could be your surprise um, cut or release. And again, and then put him on. I mean, unless somebody picks him up, which that's I don't know if he's in that big a demand. You can put him on the practice squad just in case somebody gets hurt or sick or whatever, and and he's still still there and he knows the offense. But that 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 was mine. I I, I probably overthought it way too much, but that that's the that's the one I came came up with. So Lovett stays and Tanya goes in that scenario, and you're hoping that the overlord of the Pack-A-Day podcast, Andy Herman, is going to allow you to come back next week after <laughs> casting away his boy, Robert Tanyan, Mark. Well, I, I kept Boyle last week for him. so I'm, there you, I'm Oh, Boyle. then you're fine. <laughs> come on, man. You, you, could, you, could, you could have kept half a Boyle and still been totally all right there. All right, so those two choices. Paul, your thoughts on Love It staying, Tanya going. So as far as love it goes, that was um, someone that I was thinking about picking for this episode. But Mark and I arm wrestled, and he beat me, so he got to go with John Lovett. But I think that I see Lovett as um, kind of an insurance policy for Deguara. And what I mean by that is, you know, we see rookie tight ends come into the NFL and struggle to make an impact right away. So the H-back role, which is has a little more to it than just the tight end position does, you know, that's a that's a difficult transition. We look at what Kyle Juszczyk does out in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan's called him irreplaceable because from one play to the next, he can wear a different hat every time. And so when you're asking a rookie in Degora to step into a role like that in an offseason where they haven't had OTAs, minicamp, no preseason games, even training camps delayed, you know, that's a big ask. And I'm not saying he's not going to see the field, but what they ask him to do might be limited or is going to be limited from what it is, you know, a year, two years from now. Love it. He's only has one more year of experience and he spent it on IR. But still, that's being, you know, that's going through a training camp, preseason games, sitting in team meetings, just having a, a better understanding of the of the NFL overall. So when they first claimed him off waivers, that was my initial thought. Not that, not that the gore is going anywhere. But just as someone who, with a little more experience and who can fill a similar role, can step in. Yeah, I mean, Tanya would be the surprise there. I mean, love it. They they grabbed him off waivers. You know, like you said, he's somebody the Packers looked at last year, and the Chiefs beat him out. He had the unfortunate injury; he didn't play. Um, he looks like a Packers player. I'll just say that. You know, I was going through the roster and looking at the the pictures, and when we get to mine. I, I might actually make reference to some of those those pictures because you got to look like a Packer if you're going to be a Green Bay Packer and play certain positions and like H back fullback is one of them. You gotta you gotta look like it. You know, think about John Kuhn and Aaron Rukowski and how those guys kind of emulated the the Packers look. I guess I'll say so to speak. But yeah, it's the H back position I mentioned on Quick Slants earlier this week. It's there. It's one the Packers want to get right and they're really focusing on it. And it's going to make an impact on the roster because if they keep a couple to have options, we know they're keeping Deguara. And if they keep another, then there's going to be some other sacrifices made in some other areas. So it's not it's not totally out of the question that they would do something like that. And as much as everyone loves Robert Tanyan or those that do love Robert Tanyan, they think about the few splash plays that he's made, but it's been so very few. I mean, hmm. even, after, even after the catch in Dallas, I mean, did he make – 
any other impactful plays on offense. Now he was injured and he was coming back from an injury and who knows, even if he got back on the field, he might've still been hampered by it. But outside of that phenomenal catch in Dallas last year, am I forgetting anything that happened after that, that he did not on special teams? No, I don't believe so. So and that's the part too. He is in, like you said, he's injured. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to use the old, the, it's, it's the coach's cliche, but you know, durability is the, is the most important ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not, if you can't, if you're always hurt, eventually you you find yourself out of the league. And yeah. like Mark said before the, uh, before the show, I mean, are the Packers? I know they're going to run more, but are they really going to keep five, you know, tight ends or tight end slash H back on the roster? I mean, if love it, exactly. If love it does impress, I mean, yeah, Tanya and that tight end group. I mean, he's the odd man out. Yeah, and we. This is the. I think this is the first year. It, correct me if you guys don't see it this way too, but this is the first year that really, because last year was a tra- transition year between McCarthy and Lafleur, that we have to learn and we're gonna have to retrain our brains to think differently with these rosters. I mean, for a decade, it was it was easy. It was like, okay, who are the six receivers? Who are the five tight ends? And it was it was like plug and play. But now you got to really think about it and actually put some thought into, well, how many am I going to keep at this position group and that position group? And also, he's not Tanya. And again, you know, like I said, he he could go to. He could have a great camp and and he makes a team because he you know he, he proved himself and he stayed healthy and all that. But he's not one of Lafleur's guys either. He inherited him, and I've learned that through the years covering coaches that you know when guys are borderline guys, you keep your own guy over the guy that you in, inherited most of the time. Like you know what I'm saying, love it. They went he went out. Lafleur must have liked love it from something for for them to sign him or to claim him off waivers. You know. So that's his guy, and he obviously De, DeGuar is his guy. I mean, that's the one that I mean, they drafted him for the floor. The floor loved him, so they're his guys. You know, uh, Sternberger, the dra- high draft pick. That's his guy. So they're you know, now the, now Big Dog Lewis, he's Aaron Rodgers' guy. So they're, they're going to keep they they got to keep Aaron a little happy, you know. And they got to yeah. have a guy that actually played tight end in the in, in the league for more than five games, right? I mean, yeah. so you, you, you have to keep Lewis. The other, so, the other you know. partial GM, Aaron Rodgers, right? I jo- I'm joking. I don't, I don't believe that at all. And so, um, so, so Mark, so then to be, the odd man out. yeah. So then to be clear, then you're so based on your theory there, which I think is true. We've seen a lot of examples of players being a coach's guy or not a coach's guy. Your hope that Tanya would potentially be able to clear waivers and end up on the practice squad is way too lofty because Mike McCarthy is going to grab him and he's going to become a Dallas Cowboy. Um, I, I don't know. Who, I mean, maybe that, that does happen a lot. Oh, that happens a whole lot. Everybody knows that. Because you would think well, if he's anybody's guy, then he's more McCarthy's guy than LaFleur's. Right. That's a good point. Um, I don't know what the Dallas tight end situation looks like right now. Um, didn't they draft one kind of high last year? Or am I wrong? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, if, if there's room, I mean, really, now if Dallas needs a tight end, then yeah, Todd, that would that would make sense. But I don't know what their situation is. Right. They took they took CD Lamb with their first pick. If I'm not right, I know that. I'm, Oh yeah, they took. I, mean, I didn't mean, I didn't mean first round. I meant like, you know, at all in the draft. I yeah. thought they took one somewhere, but I'm not sure. Well, seventh round safety Vernon Scott, who joined us on our mega show at Game On Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, knows how to defend CD Lamb. In the passing game, he got his pick six against them last season. His last in his uh, college, one of his college finales. So um, we should be all right there. But all right, so that was Marks. Marks. Marks got H uh, back. John Lovett in. Robert Tanya out. 
Paul, over to you. Take it away. Who are your two guys? All right. My guys don't go hand in hand, and I'll get to that. But as far as who my surprise guy is, touched on it last week when we were going through our rosters, Yosh Nijman at tackle. Like I said, and we've talked about it quite a bit, the tackle position is a big concern of mine, as I know it is um, each of yours as well. And Rick Wagner, you know, he's only had one, or he's played all 16 games just once since 2014. Billy Turner has some experience there. However, I mean, even as a guard, he struggled in space a bit last year. Lane Taylor filled in well for like two weeks in 2017, but that was two weeks in 2017. And then there's a lot of unknowns. And I understand that Yosh falls into that, those unknowns. But out of those, and, you know, even some of the veterans, I think he had, you know, outside Bakhtiari, his upside is, you know, it's huge. He has great athleticism, excellent size. And even this week during their Zoom calls, um, Brian Gudikins mentioned him by name as someone that he's really excited to see this summer. So, as I said last week, there's some banking on or there definitely is banking on his development that took place over the last year we saw last year the tools are there obviously but nothing you know it was still raw nothing that makes he says oh he can come in and be of you know fill in if need needed that you're on the practice squad and he may need one more but given you know everything that i covered the tackle position as a whole, there's just a lot of question marks. And so I, as part of the 53-man roster I put together, I wanted to keep an extra true tackle, which is why I had 10 offensive linemen to Mark's nine, just because of that uncertainty that surrounds that position in my eyes. And so I'm going with the highest upside guy available, and that's Yosh. Yeah, well, he's got the size, so you got no no argument here. Uh-huh. And yeah, the Packers, do they seem to like him. They All of the the you know reading of the tea leaves seems to indicate that you may be onto something there. I don't mark not not too big of a surprise. I think you're a Yosh fan as well. I wouldn't somehow I'm a fan. I mean I I do like his upside. I want to see him do it. Um, I didn't keep him because I mean I, I'm no that, that that that's a good surprise pick. I mean that, that's that's one that would okay because I think most people don't have him on the final fifty three. So that that is a good pick. Um, Again, I'm still holding out hope that they sign a veteran tackle. <laughs> so I don't, um, and that would kind of make it hard to keep all them. But um, yeah, I have, I have no problem if, if if they keep him. It means he did improve and did develop. And like Paul said, his his size and athleticism for for attack is is beyond what you want out of your your right. I mean, he's much more a- athletic than, than than Wagner or Turner or any of those guys, and and he's bigger than both of them. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all the things are there for him. He just has to put it together and, 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 and become a football player. Yeah, that's what it's all about. What's between his ears and can he improve? If he does, that's the, that's the goal, is, especially with an undrafted free agent, is if they become a, a role player or a solid player on your team, then you, you're obviously your scouting is working and you're doing some really good things. The Packers have a long history of guys that work out. I mean, normally the training camp darling is a – linebacker or an edge rusher or a wide receiver or sometimes it's a running back you know or it's Tim Boyle if you're Andy Herman but in this case yeah you know maybe it's time for an offensive lineman to be that guy and be the camp darling this year that would not be the worst thing in the world especially based on how we've all talked about that right tackle position and just the fact that it needs a little bit more depth and Mark I'm with you I think a veteran would help too but Yosh is you could definitely do a lot worse than than Yosh if he if he ends up there so then who if Yosh sticks Paul who's out the door 
this one was this was difficult for me. We heard Mark's and they go hand in hand. And once we get to Jason's, you'll see the same. Um, so for me, some of the the hot names that you hear, you know, Oren Burks, Josh Jackson. For me, it's still a year too early for that. Um, I've even seen Jamal Williams' name come up, which I just think there's no chance of that happening. Uh, Matt Lafleur in the spring mentioned how he wanted to have three running backs. Um, at his disposal this year, and now he does, and four if you count Tyler Irvin. So this was difficult for me, but I went with Montrevious Adams on the defensive line. You know, the difference between him and, you know, Oren Burks, Josh Jackson, is he's in year four now. And if Burks and Jackson struggle like they have, and we fast forward a year, they could very well be in in his shoes as well. But he's going to need to come out and perform this summer. You know, what we've seen, he's been injured. Um, and then when he's been on the field, it's just been some lackluster play. Um, what he does have going in his favor is, is he's at a position where the Packers don't have a ton of, um, you know, proven depth there. But someone like uh, Trayvon Hester could come, and they were both draft or both came out of college in the same year. Uh, Hester has a little bit more experience than Adams, and his stats are a little bit better. But someone like him could push him for a spot. And, you know, I just think it's really up in the air for him, and he's going to have to prove himself. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's well said, Mark. I don't. Your initial reaction is there. I can't believe you're cutting Montrevious Adams. By God, <laughs> that's why I let Mark lead off. <laughs> he like, he's wasn't he the most improved player on the team last year? Isn't that what they said? He maybe yeah. in the maybe in the lunchroom or the cafeteria. <laughs> I mean, no, you know, I mean, anybody who's listened to me or read anything I've written knows that I think Montrevious Adams is a total bust the most disappointing player on the roster, maybe. I mean, and the, you know, he was a hot, he was a third round pick. There was a lot of good players still around when the Packers took him in the third round and he's done nothing. I mean, nothing for three years. He, like you said, Paul, you know, he's, he's at a position where there isn't a lot of uh, depth or, you know, let's be honest, there isn't a lot of talent for per, per se other than Kenny Clark. And he's done nothing. He couldn't, you know, he lost out last year to an undrafted kid from Northwestern, you know, a third-round pick from Auburn should not lose a job to an undrafted kid from Northwestern. It should never happen at any position in anywhere in football. Maybe kicker, <laughs> but, other, but but that's it. I mean, no. All, all third-round picks from Auburn are, are supposed to be good, solid NFL players, if not more than that. And he's been nothing. He's been, and then he gets arrested in, during the offseason. So, get, I mean, I'm, I'd have gotten rid of him by by now, so it wouldn't have been a surprise cut. Yeah, I, I forgot about the Auburn part. When I saw that, I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, it's generalizing to say school equals definite. But there is something to be said there. I mean, obviously the SEC churns out a lot of really good talent. So they do have a high bar. And he was a third-round pick. And you do I, – I thought, is rookie season okay? That's fine. In, in 2018, I thought we were going to see him blossom and, and make a big jump and kind of be that guy because I think that was the year that they wanted to figure out if – if they if he was ready to go and if they could send Mike Daniels, which they ended up sending Mike Daniels away anyway, uh, just not it wasn't until much later and and kind of in shocking fashion while we're talking about shocking keeps and cuts from a year ago, and that did not happen at all. I mean, so it's it's it I, from the standpoint of and actually I do have a point to make about about mine uh, because it it has a correlation here to Montrevious Adams and I'll explain why when I get to it there, but. You know these high round draft picks. You know there that is a surprise factor. Even though he hasn't looked good or gotten on the field, for a team to have to say, "Okay, we're cutting bait before the contract is up," 
that's tough. I mean, you know, one, two, and three are are kind of like you got to get it right in my estimation there. So if you're not extending those guys, I mean, you can't keep everybody, but you don't you don't want to have to cut Montrevious Adams. I mean, his his snap count in, in his NFL career is just so incredibly low. And then Mark, like you said, the you know the boneheaded stuff off the field. You know, if you're not going to do yourself any favors on the field, you might as well try to stay clean while you're off of it. And so that's that's disappointing, definitely disappointing. But good stuff so far. I mean, so to round it out, I've got my surprise keeps and my surprise cuts. So I wanted to start out by saying that um, I really wanted to keep. Zach Johnson, the guard, because have you guys seen his hair? Have you actually gone on and looked at his picture? <laughs> no. The Packers are missing that long, locked, stud player, and he completely meets that profile if you look at his at his picture. But Zach Johnson, the guard, is probably not going to make this roster. If he does, something went very, very, very much awry somewhere else. Now I have to look at him. Now as soon as we're done, I might have to go go, go look. But is it? Is it dreads? Is it like the Al, Al Harris dreads, or is it the is it the AJ Hawk? That's the AJ Hawk style. It's long brown. It's got a nice nice lock of brown, long brown hair. So that's Zach Johnson. Yeah, look him up if you haven't seen him before. But no, I mean, I my surprise keep, and it's not going to be a surprise to everybody. And we've talked about him before. Is the receiver Reggie Begleton, and because there's only going to be five receivers, presumably on this roster, because the offense is changing and the positional needs are changing so much to make one of those five spots when you've already got guys that we think are pretty well penciled in one through four is a big deal. So for me, those first four guys are obviously Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Equinemia St. Brown. Now St. Brown didn't play last year, so he has to come back and prove that he's ready to go after a year off. MVS has a big bounce back to make. So we, you know, we really wanted to ruffle some feathers. We could have said maybe one of those two guys, EQ or MVS don't make it, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, there's just too much to be offered from both of them. So, but I went with Begleton uh, because I want to see the wide receiver group get infused with a little bit more talent and a little bit of speed. Now, Begleton ran and looked it up. He ran a four five forty, which is good, not great. And I think uh, our colleague over at Game On Wisconsin, Jacob Westendorf, said Devontae Adams ran a four five five. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be a good receiver in the four five range. It's just not great speed for an NFL receiver, but it's about the ability and being in the right spot. I've said that before too. Begleton seems like a guy who can kind of figure that out. You know, he excelled in Canada. Now the CFL game is different than the NFL. So there's good, you know, there's, there's, you know, it's, it's different in terms of the level of competition, but the game itself isn't that much different. I think there's a good reason to think he might surprise this season. And I'll hedge this pick kind of by also saying that I think the Packers have to be keeping an eye on what's out there as far as, NFL guys who are wide receivers and aren't with teams or who might get cut. So we've talked about that before. Taylor Gabriel, Paul, you've mentioned Taylor Gabriel before. Um, The Packers were in on Emmanuel Sanders in free agency, but he's apparently too afraid of the cold. So he went to New Orleans. So clearly the Packers need to get the Saints at Lambeau in January if it comes down to that (laughs) and uh, take Emmanuel Sanders out of the game plan. But Brian Gutekunst, I think, is, is he's, you know, he he may be saying he's happy with this wide receiver room right now and, and telling us that, but his actions say, you know, he could be, he could be happier, but I think Begleton could end up being a guy who, who makes it. So then if he's in, who's out, right? So they go, they kind of go hand in hand. Now, before I get to my choice, I actually considered Oren Burks as a potential surprise cut. Cause my question was, is a third round pick 
still too high to cut bait this soon. That's why I said the correlation with Montrevious Adams. Here's another third-round pick that has not just not been at all what we thought that he was going to be. So is Burks still you know too high to get cut? And that and his being gone would hinge a ton on if, and it's a huge if if both Kamal Martin and Curtis Bolton light the world on fire in preseason. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen. So I went with Jay Kumaro. So Jay Kumaro is my surprise out because Begleton is in. And I just think Kumaro's story is is larger than what he is on the field. You know, I get that Aaron Rodgers likes him, and it's but it's time to get better. And but that said, I mean, it's a tall task to get better at receiver because that means the Packers are relying on guys they already have who also didn't prove they can consistently get it done last season. EQ was out, like I said. You know, he would. I think he would have pleasantly surprised had he been in there, but we're not sure. And I have to wonder if. Equinemius St. Brown doesn't get hurt last year. Is Jake Kumaro still on this team or is he elsewhere? You know, I mean, Jake has, he has some things working against him. Mark, you've mentioned his age before. He's only, he's 28 years old, which isn't old, but he's the oldest receiver on the, in the group. And despite the wide receiver struggles last year, he wasn't consistently on the field. He doesn't have great speed. He runs good routes, but at some point, the Packers have to try and do better if they're only keeping five and Kumaro is one of them. I just don't think that's a ringing endorsement for addressing wide receivers. So, Mark, you had, I think, if I, unless I'm mixing it up, but Mark, you had Begleton on your yeah. roster, right? Yeah, so yeah. probably not a huge, as much of a surprise keep in your eyes that Begleton makes it. But Kumaro being out, does that change your thought on it? No, I had that. I, I agree with you 100%. That's why I'm not surprised, but... Maybe some people are. No, I, I on, on my 53, I, I kept Begleton. Begleton's a guy that I've liked. I liked when the Packers signed him. Um, yeah, it, it is a big jump from the CFL. A lot of CFL stars have failed in the NFL. Some have, though. Some have become good players. And one thing I can say about him, and I've never, I'll be honest, I've never seen him play a game. I don't, I didn't watch much CFL. Um, I didn't watch him in, in college at La, Lamar University. But he puts up numbers. Yes, it was Lamar, but he's the all-time leading re- receiver there. You know, he put up crazy numbers there. He goes to the CFL. Yes, it's the CFL. It's not the NFL. But he put up crazy numbers there, catching 100 balls. Is he going to catch 100 balls in the NFL? No. No, no, no. He's not going to do that. He's not going to be. But if he catches 40, 35, 40 as, as a fifth receiver, you know, the guy puts up numbers. There's nothing, like, you know, pr- pr- production to me is very important which is why I got rid of a Mont- Montrevious, or why I agreed with getting rid of a Mont- Montrevious Adams. He doesn't produce. Um, and Jay Kumarel, like, he, like the guy that you're getting rid of for him. Yes, he's a nice story. Yes, he, I, everyone likes him. He seems like a great, great guy. But he doesn't produce. It's all, you know, the NFL is about, product, about you know, making plays, putting, you know, putting up numbers. Begleton has. Kumarel hasn't. So we'll see. Again, this is why, you know, it would have been nice to have a little bit of a preseason this year to, to actually see things be, before they count, but we're not going to have it. So, we'll, you know, it's up to the whatever happens in, in these abbreviated practices that they have now. Right. And then in your roster, Paul, this this would have been more of a surprise in the way that you had it shaking out. So your thoughts on Kumro being out? I agree with what you guys have said as far, you know, his age. He's the oldest receiver on the roster, but year in, year out, he's a fringe roster player. Um, And I think it's very telling that even with the underwhelming performances from, you know, several of the receivers on the roster last year, he still struggled to see playing time. And in a normal year, 
I would agree about choosing Bagleton over Kumro. However, this is not a normal year. And as Mark said, that jump from the CFL to the NFL is a big one. And I think no OTAs, no mini camps, no preseason, just a limited overall interaction, um, practices delayed. I think that's too much for Bagleton to overcome this year. And Kumro has the familiarity with the Fleur system, the connection with Rodgers. And in a weird year, I think teams are going to go with guys that they trust more. That, you know, he hasn't had the production, but he's made the team, the practices. He knows the offense. He knows Rodgers. And I think in a weird year like this, that's um, that's what teams are going to roll with. So I think there's just too much stacked against Bagleton this year. Um so I would pick Kumro over Begleton. Yeah, Reggie's going to have a lot to prove and a lot to do in a short period of time. Like, you know, like you make, make the good points about the limited practice time, and he's got to make a big splash. I just I look at a specimen there, and I look at the productivity he had, like Mark said, in, in the CFL, and it's not going to be that catch-for-catch catch in the NFL. But there is some opportunity there. and you know, I mean, who knows how good or useful he might be on special teams. I mean, he could end up being some sort of an ace then there and – and that he's useful in that capacity, which Kumaro was good there too. So, you know, I think the Packers have at least a good option there. And they've with, with Jake there, if they want to go with the guy they know, they can keep him. And if they're, they want to move on and they've got an opportunity in, in Reggie Begleton, Jake's a great story. But, you know, you put the, the better talent in where it goes. So this was good. This was a good discussion, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're, you know, we're getting to the point where there's going to be some actual football played, barring any changes to anything in the NFL over the next couple of days. As we know, it's always a fluid situation. Like I said, we're recording this on Thursday, and as of recording time, it sounds like the only player that's going to be opting out this season is Devin Funches. I believe the deadline has passed. So at least there weren't any other surprise departures that we needed to talk about today. So this was a good one. But let's go around the horn as far as upcoming work. Mark, over at Packer Report this next week, what can we look out for? I have a story up now on um, Rashawn Gary. And just what, you know, I, I gave him a pass for, for last year, you know, coming out, learning a new position and all that. But 2020 has to be an impact year for him. He, he needs to, as we talked about, pr- pr- producing and, and making plays. Well, he has to do that next year. And, he, and he'll have every opportunity. Um, he should be on the field a lot more than he was last year. And then uh, going forward next week, and this could be what, as I'm, as I'm, Thinking about this, if this could be our topic next week, as a matter of fact, bounce back players, players that need to have a bounce back year for the Green Bay Packers in 2020. Ooh, I like that one. I don't know. I don't know if Paul, if you want to beat it, you can. But I, I like that one already. That's going to go on the on the chalk. Yeah, go on the <laughs> go on the chalkboard, and then Paul, I'm going to. Geez, it's going to take me just as long to name all the places that you're working as it's going to be for you to answer us. But so you got Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, Game on Wisconsin. What's going on this next week with you? Well, this past week, we were, I was taking a look at um, the Zoom calls and just kind of, you know, like I said, diving into what the coaches, Goody players have said. And as far as anything else, it's up in the air at this point. We'll just wake up and see see what hits me. Awesome. Very good stuff. And if there's any breaking news, you'll find that from me over at Game On Wisconsin. I'll have quick slants up next week on Wednesday as well. So look out for that. It's been a blast as always. Everybody stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time and go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.